What diamond ring? You gotta start again. William Zanzinger killed poor Hattie Carroll with a cane that he twirled around his diamond ring finger. Toy cane. It was a toy cane. She died of a stroke eight hours after he hit her with a toy cane. Old Bob's trying to pass this off as some white plantation owner crushing in the head of a black slave with an axe at a cross burning. Remember, this happened in 1963, not 1863. It's not gone with the wind or blowing in the wind. At a ball to my hotel, society gathering. Yeah, that one's true. And the cops was called in, and his weapon took from him. Not a weapon, a toy. Zanzinger bought it at a fare for 25 cents. He hit plenty of people that day with the cane. He was drunk. He was a dickhead. As they rode him in custody down to the station. And booked William Zanzinger for first-degree murder. Nah, they didn't charge him with murder, but he did get found guilty of manslaughter. The judges agreed that Hattie couldn't have died from being struck by the toy cane. What she died of was a stress reaction to Zanzinger calling her some names and hitting her on the shoulder with his toy cane. At the time he hit her, she said, I feel deathly ill. That man has upset me so. And she died of a stroke eight hours later. Which is manslaughter, at best. Are you who philosophize disgrace and criticize all You talking peace? to me? You talking to me, Bob? Well, I'm Leave the only one here. the rag away from your feet. Now ain't the time for your tears. William Zanzinger, who had 24 years. Owns a tobacco farm of 600 acres With rich, wealthy parents who provide and protect And Bob's a billionaire, so you know And high office relations in the politics of Maryland Reacting to his deed with a shrug of his shoulders And swear words and sneering in his tongue it was a snarling And in a matter of minutes on bail was nah, he was kept in jail overnight and was then released on bail, which, as he had strong local connections, because he owned a tobacco farm of 600 acres and had high office relations in the politics of Maryland, meant that he wasn't a flight risk. So giving him bail was a no-brainer. But you, who philosophize disgrace and criticize fear, Take the rag away from your feet. Now ain't the time for your tears. It takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry. Hattie Carroll was a maid in the kitchen. Nah, she wasn't a kitchen maid, or a scullery maid, or a slave, or an indentured serf. She was a waitress. This was a one-off gig. Hattie Carroll was a subcontractor. She was 51 years old. Hattie was an old 51. Children. Hattie was a larger lady. Her autopsy showed she had hardened arteries, an enlarged heart, and high blood pressure. Who carried the dishes and took out the garbage and never sat once at the head of the table and didn't even talk 
Does Bob know what waitresses actually do? He may be out of touch. Do you want fries with this pack of lies? Frankly, my dear, Bob doesn't give a damn. Twain said that history doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. Well, this bullshit repeats itself and rhymes, but it ain't history. That sailed through the air and came down through the room. Doomed and determined to destroy all the gentle, and she never done nothing to William Zanzinger. Yep, Zanzinger was drunk that night. He hit his wife, he got into a fight with another guest, and he got angry at Hattie Carroll because she took too long to serve him a drink. He swore at her, and he hit her with a toy cane. He acted badly, but that's not murder. And you who philosophize disgrace and criticize all fears take the rag away from your face now ain't the time for your tears i'm not crying it's just my allergies Three judges, no gavel. To show that all's equal and that the courts are on the level and that the strings in the books ain't pulled and persuaded and that even the nobles get properly handled once that the cops have chased after and caught them and that the ladder of law has no top and no bottom Stared at the person who killed for no reason Who just happened to be feeling that way without warning And he spoke through his cloak most deep and distinguished And handed out strongly for penalty and repentance Williams and Zanger with a six-month sentence Manslaughter Six months is in the range of what you'd expect for marginal manslaughter committed by a drunk man who had no intent to kill. Remember, we've now got a lenient justice system courtesy of commies like Bob, where the defendant is always the victim. But Bob doesn't like this defendant, so here we've got Hanging Judge Bob, Law and Order Bob, whereas on his other songs we've got Bleeding Heart Bob. Zanzinger wasn't some bloke with a monocle and a top hat galloping around on a horse hitting slaves in chains with a riding crop, Rhett Butler style, 1963, not 1863. He was arrested, he was charged, he was tried, and he did time. Ah, but you who philosophize disgrace and criticize 
besides our fears Bear the rain deep in your face Oh, now's the time for your tears For now is the time for our special review of Bob Dylan's new album, The Correction Tapes. And you just heard the first track there, track one, side one, The Accidental Death of Hattie Carroll, annotated version. Of course, the original unannotated acoustic version was first released on Bob's 1964 album, The Times, They Are A-Changing. But we changed it, because unfortunately, the original version was total bullshit. And because of that, it got a few bad reviews. One reviewer, a man by the name of William Sanzinger, said the lyrics were, and I quote, a total lie. And he also had the following interesting observations to make about Bob. He's a no-account son of a bitch. He's just a scum of the earth. I should have sued him and put him in jail. And Mr. Sanzinger gave that cut zero stars. But we decided that the accidental death of Hattie Carroll was a perfect track to include on our album of amended versions of classic Dylan cuts. So what can we say about Bob Dylan or Robert Allen Zimmerman? Or just Bob. I like Bob because I'm on a first name basis with this bloke. Grammy Award winner many times. Ten, I reckon. Ten at least. Plenty of awards. Shitload. Could be more by now. He may have just got another one. Legion to Honour, Presidential Freedom of Honour, Hall of Fame guy, the greatest singer-songwriter in the world, and recently, the Nobel Prize in Literature. To cap it all off, Nobel Prize. Now, some people say this is the biggest dud choice by those Swedish meatballs since Pearl S. Buck in 1938, but whatever. Nobel for Bob is all that needs to be said. And there have been many phases of the great man's career. First there was Woody Bob, then Folk Bob, Electro Bob, Cowboy Bob, Born Again Bob, Never Ending Bob, and as of 2016, Nobel Bob. And now today on Wang, we showcase the final phase, the terminal phase, Retrospective Bob, aka Sellout Bob. Because in this last memorial phase of the great man's life, He's doing fewer new original recordings and more non-core franchise releases. Or really non-canon releases. E.g. the Bootleg series, the 50th Anniversary Collection, the original mono recordings, the 1966 live recordings, Chronicles, the exclusive outtakes. And then there's been the various basement tapes. Of course, in 1975, we had the original Basement Tapes, which was the core release in the franchise. And then there's been the various sequels. First, the genuine, really genuine Basement Tapes, which was an unofficial release of a five-CD set of 107 songs and alternative takes. Then, there was the bootleg series Vol. 11, The Basement Tapes Complete, which was an official six-CD box set containing 139 cuts comprising nearly all of Dylan's basement recordings, including 30 never-bootleg-before tracks, or possibly never-before-bootleg tracks. Well, they were never officially bootlegged, unofficially. And then, a companion two-CD set containing highlights from those various recordings. I don't know which ones. I think it was of all the basement material, and it was called The Basement Tapes Roar. Then, there was Lost on the River, the new basement tapes, 
and then later there was the basement tapes continued. So let's just say, in summary, that Bob's basement is pretty full by now. It's full of a shitload of CDs, which he's trying to flog to you, and it's a marvellous basement full of smash hits. And it's my pleasure to inform you that me and Bob are going to be filling up the basement again just in time for Christmas, as we will be releasing a new limited edition unbox set, a triple CD collector's edition called The Correction Tapes, containing previously unreleased unofficial versions of previous officially released releases, uncut with remastered lyrics and special unplugged exclusive annotations from the unoriginal master tapes in mono. Or in stereo, depending depending on the track. On some tracks, we use both mono and stereo, and we go back and forth, probably in the choruses. That's right. For you Bobcats out there, the correction tapes contains never-before-heard versions of original Dylan songs performed live in the studio to correct some of the massive factual errors, inaccuracies, and outright lies present in the original recordings. Because although old Bob has been very prolific with his recordings, in many cases, he hasn't been very prolific with the truth, at least on the uncut versions. Or just to translate for you non-musos in the audience, you see, Bob's lyrics contain a lot of lies. And in these new retrospective recordings, we're trying to give listeners a new version of some of those lyrics by adding some truth, plus a bit of extra banjo, and I'm very proud to acknowledge my part in the new album. I had a number of roles, producer, backing vocals, sound engineer, and I also did the liner notes, which are handwritten on the inner gatefold sleeve of the deluxe gold collector's edition of the correction tapes. Plus I'm going to be the roadie on the upcoming tour, because yes, You heard it here first. Songs from the correction tapes will be done in special encore shows as part of Bob's never-ending tour. Bob will be performing, and I'll be there as well, carrying all his necessaries. Cowboy hats, mouth organs, leather vests, his teeth, the various incontinence paraphernalia, adult nappies, etc. You ever wondered how a 75-year-old man can do a three-hour rock and roll show without a break? Yeah, you guessed it. Kick old Bob in the balls, he's not going to feel a thing. Because old Bob's getting on now. But don't worry, all tickets to the never-ending correction tour will be honoured. No worries there. We call it the never-ending tour. Well, I'm not going to tell you it's never going to end. I've been caught out on that sort of shit before. But I will tell you this. Me and Bob will play to the last boomer. That's our guarantee. We will play to the last boomer standing. On my calculations, the final boomer is going to check out about 2050. And Bob's definitely good for it till then. Even if we have to wheel out his son, Bob Dylan Jr., as a replacement. So get your tickets. Now. Plus, there's a special offer. The first 50 albums sold of the correction tapes will come with a free bottle of Heaven's Door Whiskey. That's right, sell out Bob's in the whiskey game now. He's done all sorts of ads in the past for IBM, Apple, Victoria's Secret Underdax, Cadillac, Chrysler, Google. But now, he's in business on his own account, selling a collection of super premium craft American whiskies made in oak barrels, in both mono and stereo. And here's a promo for it, live in the studio. Bob Dylan is making his own whiskey, as reported by the New York Times. The musician announced that he's teaming up with partner Mark Bouchala to create a collection of whiskeys under a label fittingly called Heaven's Door. 
It features straight rye, a Tennessee bourbon, and a double barrel whiskey. Orders will begin bourbon? shipping next Obviously, month, according to the company's bourbon, website. Bourbon instead of whiskey. It's fucking confusing. Is it corn mash? Is that what bourbon is? I don't know. Anyway, it's cheaper than scotch, and it packs a punch. That's what I know. Old crow, I know that one. Now, unfortunately, Bob's never actually done any audio in support of his new product. He never mentions it. So I couldn't play that. He's very cagey with his image of Bob, which makes him a hard man to take the piss out of. But anyway, I'll do my best by suggesting a catchy advertising slogan for his latest sellout. And it's a little tune I wrote myself, and it goes something like this. Bob, that's the ad. That's the soundtrack. It fucking writes itself, mate. No idea why I had to come up with that on your behalf. And by the way, this is a limited release promo cover version with backing vocals by me. And it's marvellous. But anyway, back to the music. So what we're going to do in this special authorised bootleg episode of Wang is preview the advanced release of the correction tapes, live and unplugged, in the studio for your listening pleasure. So sit back, take a big swig of Heaven's Door, and come with me for an audio tour of Bob's latest. Actually, give me a go of that before we start. I always perform better piss. Let's have a slug. Shit, that's a punch. What's the review? Four stars, I reckon. And if it's too strong for some of you soft cocks, mix it with a chaser. Water it down. Is that what a chaser is? A mixer? Do you mix it in? I don't know. I was never clear on what a chaser was. I reckon it's a mixer. And to do that job, me and Bob recommend Pepsi, because Bob did a Pepsi ad once. So what you do is go up the servo, get a big vat of sugar water, and slop it into your heaven's door. Artisanal bourbon whiskey with genuine corn syrup. High in fructose. Knock it back. Knock it back, knock it back. Anyway, you've heard track one, and now I want to skip ahead to side B of the correction tapes. Well, that's side B on the vinyl version, because the anniversary edition of the correction tapes only comes in vinyl, which is my personal favourite, only for the officiandos. Very crisp sound, recorded in stereo, with the bass overdubbed in mono. Only the best for our boomers. Anyway, the third track on side B is the Dylan classic Hurricane, written about a great injustice, about the great boxer Reuben Hurricane Carter, who was unjustly convicted by first one racist jury, and then again later by another racist jury, for the murder 
the three racist white people in the Lafayette Bar and Grill in Patterson, New Jersey in 1966, which was a very racist period in the history of the United States, which I don't need to remind you is a country which was built on, well, you know, I don't think I need to belabor that point any further. Now, while Carter was doing a life sentence for mass murder, a group of communists put together a campaign to have him released. And Bob Song was part of that campaign. And in 1985, after a large amount of judicial malarkey, Mr. Carter was set free. And it was a great example of people power. Speaking truth to power, power to the people, black power, political power coming out of the barrel of a gun, all of that. Unfortunately, Bob and I later found out that Mr. Carter probably did it, which was embarrassing, because it's very hard to take a song back, particularly with vinyl, which is bulky, all those discs lying around. It's very hard to do a product recall. You need a lot of trucks. Logistical nightmare, even with a 7-inch. Let's be frank, it's not going to happen. Of course, Bob didn't admit that he fucked up straight off. I had to drag it out of him. It all happened at a jam session where me and Bob were rehearsing his song, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Well, to be honest, it was more of a drinking session where me and Bob were knocking back a crate of Heaven's Door. Fucking tasting session, if you get me. So there we were, a bit pissy after knocking back a few slugs of door, discussing our Correction Tapes album. Because you know what it's like when you're doing a record. You go into the studio with a lot of songs, and then you have a discussion with the producer about which ones are going to go on the record. And I said, how about Hurricane from your 1976 Desire album? You know the one. You're wearing a first stole and a cowboy hat on the cover. I mean, come on, it's basically a pack of lies from start to finish. Why don't we put that? on our new release. And Bob goes off in a long ramble the way he does when he disagrees with you, but he doesn't have the balls to say it. And what he does is he trails off into these long mumbling passages, like he did on Desolation Row, which goes for 15 minutes. And he can't ever pin this prick down to anything with that gravelly, bluesy, is it smoky? I think it's smoky. That voice, that sort of rusty, rasping vocalising that he does, laden with whiskey-flavoured overtones of licorice, and hints of tobacco. It's grainy, like a bottle of Heaven's Door. Four stars. Let's have another slug of that. <coughs> yeah. And when Bob's mumbling, he sort of fades in and out. You can't quite make out what he's saying. But then you hear the odd word, because he's croaking in and out like an old bullfrog. And you hear maybe one word in five. You might hear the word lonesome, prophet, Spanish, various Spanish items, boots. Harlem, Steps, Leather. He really loves that country. Missionary, Preacher, Rags is another favourite for Bob, or Blues. He says that a lot. Obviously, this prick will link the word blues with anything. He's always bitching about stuff. Mexican Gardener Blues, Old Lady Blues, Indigestion Blues, Metamucil Blues. He doesn't like the taste of that shit, I'll tell you that for free. Cowboy Hat has a hole in it, Blues. It's always blues with this guy. New teeth don't fit blues. Always complaining. Anyway, I usually ignore all that shit and just try to focus on achieving my deliverables for these meetings, which is basically getting this fucking album out. But I hauled him up here and I said, Look, Bob, I thought you learned your lesson with this one back in 75 when you had to withdraw the single and re-record it after you got some shit wrong in the first version. Because you fucked up with a lot of lies and you never corrected them. But here you are, still arguing about it. Anyway, long story short, me and Bob agreed to re-record Hurricane again using the original Master Tapes version 
And then redubbing that with some new mouth organ. And you've got no idea how good these new mouth organs are. Technology's through the roof. So on the first demo, we decided to go with me doing some backing vocals. Was never gonna be the champion of the world. But we weren't too happy with it. My perspective was that it wasn't corrective enough, and they'd mixed my backing vocals too low, leaving Bob's lies still too loud in the mix, like the invented conversations between the police and the witnesses, Bradley Bellow and Marins, like the reference to the all-white jury despite the fact that there were two blacks in it, like the failure to mention Paddy Valentine's independent identification of Reuben's car, like all that champion of the world stuff. What's that horse shit about? Guy was ranked nine in the world. He lost five of his last ten fights. Bum. And then the sound engineer pipes up and says, what we need is more bleep on this track. That's what's missing. So we added some synth in the studio. The ghetto's on flame Rubens in South America Fighting for his name Well out the decks the Bradley Now, I like that synth because I've always been heavily influenced by Spandau Ballet, but when we listened to it on 8-track, we decided that we needed to take it in another musical direction. So I says, look, Bob, the whole problem with this is that just bleeping out the bits where you lied is only half the story. What we need to do is also make reference to the things you omitted, like the fact that Carter's car was ID'd by two independent witnesses, that Carter and his accomplice were ID'd by witnesses, and that shells of the same calibre as the two guns used in the shooting were found in his car. Because you never mentioned that stuff, Bob. What we need to do is tell the whole story from the start. Now, that may make the song longer and more boring than Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands, but that's the right thing to do. But again, it looked like me and Bob were going to have some artistic differences. Because he says, look, you've got to remember we're doing a song here. For a start, these corrections are going to have to rhyme. Independent witness, for example, what does that rhyme with? It's a bitch. Or calibre. The problem with the truth, says Bob, is that a lot of the time, it doesn't rhyme. And then it hit me, and I said, The problem is, Bob, we've been looking at this song totally the wrong way. The problem isn't with the backbeat or the gypsy fiddle. It's thematic. 
because what we've been trying to do is a mainstream adult contemporary rock song in nine line verses about a murder investigation. And that might just be the wrong format. And Bob was interested. He put down his mouth organ and I say, look, Bob, for example, most of your verses are in rhyming couplets, AA, BB, or sometimes even AAAA in the second verse. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily the best way of providing unbiased factual information to the man in the street regarding the guilt and innocence of a possible mass murderer. And so me and Bob discussed various compromises, long-form ballad, or ABAB, CDCD, 6-4 time, key of E, but we just couldn't agree. And I said, look, Bob, this kind of nonsense is fine if you're talking about Johnny in the basement mixing up the medicine, but this is about real life. The usual meaningless gibberish about jokers and priests, that's not going to pass this time, because we're talking about the dead. You've got to have a bit of respect for the truth on this one. To be straight with you, what you probably should have done is assembled all the facts in an unbiased and objective manner and put them in a book or some other format where you had more than eight words a line. Because a mainstream rock and roll song with a haunting gypsy fiddle is the wrong approach here. It's kind of the reason they don't run court cases using haikus. Bob's just mumbling something about them fact-check blues. So long story short, we cut Hurricane from the album and replaced it with something more appropriate. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle in your boots and shoes. Wiggle, 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 you got nothing to do. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle like a swarm of bees. Wiggle on your hands and knees. Wiggle to the front, wiggle to the rear. Wiggle till you wiggle right out of here. Wiggle till it opens, wiggle till it shuts. Wiggle till it bites, wiggle till it Okay, next up I want to get to Heaven's Door. And I mean the drink, not the song. Fuck the song. By the way, let's have another swig. <clears throat> you know there's more than 50 flavour notes in this sour mash bourbon, by the way. Blackberry, <laughs> blackcurrant, horses, Appaloosa horses, also mustangs, honeysuckle. It's got to do with the bees that Bob has around at his ranch. It's American sassafras with hints of caffeine from the Pepsi. 50 notes. You've got to buy a whole case to get all 50. You've got to work your way through them. Number 50 is in the last bottle. Plus the palate. You've got to have a good palate to get all of those. They don't get too pissed. Because if you get too pissed, you miss it. Let's sample a bit more now. Eh? Marvellous. Just fucking marvellous. Okay, now where were we? Next up, what I wanted to do was get to one of the tracks on the bonus disc. That's right, there's a bonus Gold Memorial mini CD which is included in the 40th anniversary edition of this album. It's actually a 12-inch. And there's an interesting side story which goes with this one. So me and Bob are at his ranch and we're sitting down in the Western Room after spending the morning in the corral breaking horses and we're talking about what songs to include on the Correction Tapes album. And Bob leans back in his easy chair, tilts back his Stetson and goes, I want to put my song George Jackson on it. And I think to myself, that track sounds just right for our album because the name gave it away. George Jackson. It's a real name. Because whenever Bob does a song about real people, 
he tends to fuck it up, gets it wrong, or just straight out lies. He's okay on jesters and thieves, barefoot servants, lonesome hobos, etc. But anything to do with reality is a mess. But I don't know this song, so I go, Bob, Bob, I say, I don't know that one, Bob. What's it all about? And in response to that, Bob actually starts singing the song. George Jackson, he's actually singing it to me, which isn't what I wanted because it's embarrassing. You know how it is with these musos. You're sitting on a ranch house porch with them, having a normal conversation. When suddenly bang out of nowhere, they pull out the acoustic guitar and start singing away. And you don't know where to look. You don't know what you're supposed to do. Do you applaud? Do you sing along? I've got no idea. Of course, if you've got a nice bottle of Heaven's Door around, then you're okay. You just slug that down. gives you cover. Like this. Even worse when you're on holiday. You're all sitting around the campfire with the ranch hands, having a nice quiet beer. And some cunt pulls out the guitar and starts strumming away. Well, that's Bob. Times a hundred. He's a wordy prick. Even if he's mumbling, it still spoils the ambience. And so Bob starts going, Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. Actually, you don't need me to try to do some shit ass impression. Let me just play it off the record. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. And this prick looks like he's crying at this point. And you think, it's only going to be for a minute, but then he keeps going. And I realise Bob's going to sing the whole song with me just sitting there the whole time like a dummy. I'm just sitting there. I wanted to go for a piss, but I couldn't. Because the decorum at the ranch is you have to wait till Bob finishes the song before you can leave the room. So I try to cut him off as you do. And I break in. I go, okay, Bob. Okay, I think I know that one. Yeah, I remember that one now. But actually, I've got no idea. Side note, do you know how many fucking songs this guy's released? Thousands. And they all sound the same. Ramble, chorus, ramble. Different ramble, same chorus, repeat times ten. So, of course, you get them mixed up. And I go, I know this one. It's a song about the dead guy, right? George Jackson. Now, who was he again? Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. And he's singing like a preacher man, but he's not giving me any solid information. And I've still got no idea. So while he's singing away, I'm on my phone on Wiki, checking out all the various George Jacksons in history. Which is good, because it gives me somewhere to look, other than that this famous prick singing right in my face from two feet away. And he's shouting now. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. Problem is, there's a lot of pricks called George Jackson, so I'm trying to do the disambiguation on the fly. And I go, can you give me a hint? Send him off to prison for a seven dollar rivalry. They close the door behind him and they threw away the key. And I go, oh, I know who you mean. The Australian politician George Jackson, member of the Queensland Legislative Assembly back in the late 1800s. He must have had a colourful history that I was previously unaware of. Is that it? And Bob goes, nah, not that guy. I mean, the American George Jackson. He wouldn't take shit from no one. He wouldn't bow down on deal. Authorities hated him because it was just too real. And I go, oh, oh, the guy who was too real. 
Do you mean George Jackson, the American musicologist who specialised in the study of white gospel music? That George Jackson. And Bob goes, nah. Prison guards they cursed him as they watched him from above. But they were frightened of his power. They were scared of his love. I go, okay. Ah, they were scared of his love. It's still not ringing a bell. Is there some Saint George Jackson that I'm not aware of? The Dalai Lama reincarnated George Jackson. And Bob goes, no, I mean the George Jackson. The George Jackson who was executed by the police in the 70s. I woke up this morning, there were tears in my bed. I killed a man I really loved. Oh, the murderer. You mean George Jackson, the murderer. The guy who got busted for armed robbery, with priors for armed robbery, assault and burglary, it got sent to prison. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. And Bob's nodding away. He can't speak because he's got his mouth organ in, which I prefer. And I go, right, I know this bloke. You mean the guy who murdered a prison guard and then while he was on trial for that, tried to escape while armed with a pistol and then murdered five unarmed hostages. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. And was then shot by the prison guards while he was trying to kill him. With his gun, the gun he had. You mean the serial killer. George Jackson, the serial killer, the founder of the Black Guerrilla Army. You mean that guy. Sometimes I think this whole world is one big prison yard. Some of us are prisoners, the rest of us are guards. But at this point, I feel like a fucking prisoner. Because this prick just keeps singing at me. So I decided I had to shut him up. And I say, look, Bob. You're not going to like what I've got to say, but this song is shit. For a start, it's a pack of lies. And as usual, he's trying to drown me out with his mouth. And I have to start clapping my hands like this. Bob, 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 like that. I wish I'd had me tambourine. And I'm going, look, Bob. You've been caught out again. We got Wiki now, and we can check up on all the bullshit you said in these old songs. And I say, Bob, if you want me to put this track on our new album, it's going to have to change. For a start, you're going to need to fess up on the backstory of this shithead Jackson. Plus, Bob, if you'll pardon me saying this, but mate, this shit sounds very dated. This old folk shit, Bob, it's done. It's over. The 70s are over, mate. Stop living in the past. Your boomer fans are dying and it's time to step it up. Anyway, after a lot of protest songs, Bob finally agreed to do George Jackson version 2.0, something which better reflected the persona of this shithead. Now, you've heard of rap metal, you've heard of rap rock, well, this is rap folk, or really folk rap, and me and Bob invented it, and to be honest with you, I think it rocks. So I got into the studio with the sound guys, and here it is, exclusively re-released on the bonus revision disc. Do it. Hey, nigga, you ain't never seen a gun before? I woke up this morning There were tears in my bed yeah, I killed a man I really loved 
shot him through the head. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. Time rap gang, bang, bang, bang. Send him off to prison for a seventy dollar robbery. They close the door behind him, yeah, and they threw away the key, yeah. Lord, Lord, they cut George Jackson down. Lord, Lord, they laid him in the ground. And it's a marvellous track. This is the sort of music that goes very well with a big mug of Heaven's Door. And the more you drink this hooch, the more you notice the nuances. Hints of vanilla and caramel. Plus a bit of bison from the old west, I reckon. And the coke really brings that out. But what's your chaser? Gotta be coke zero. No sugar. That's the key. Otherwise, the caramel might as well not be there. Knock it back. Knock it back. Yeah, but now we're running to a close and we end our show today with a final track from the correction tapes. It's like a coda, whatever that means. It's a song called My Back Pages, which ironically is a song that was so correct that it didn't need any correction from me at all. Because really, this is an apology from Bob, which he makes at the start of his career for all his future fuck-ups. This one's for the fans. It's very heartfelt. And it's performed by our old friend, Folky Bob, written from the perspective of wise man of the world, future Bob, looking back at the youthful follies of dumb, radical, commie Bob. Crimson flames tied through my ears Rolling high and mighty traps Pouts with fire on flaming roads Using ideas as my maps We'll meet on edges Soon said I Proud neath heated brow Ah, but I was so much older then I'm younger than that now Half-wracked prejudice Leaped forth Ripped down all hate I screamed Lies that life is black and white Spoke for my skull I dreamed Romantic facts of musketeers Foundationed deep somehow Ah, but I was so much older then I'm younger than that now Girls' faces form the forward path From phony jealousy To memorizing politics 
of ancient history flung down by corpse evangelists unthought of though somehow ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that now a self-ordained professor's tongue too serious to fool spouted out that liberty is just equality in school equality I spoke the word as if a wedding vow Ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that now In a soldier's stance I aimed my hand at the mongrel dogs who teach Fearing not I'd become my enemy In the instant that I preach My existence led by confusion boats Mutiny from stern to bow Ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that now Yes, my guards stood hard when abstract threats Too noble to neglect Deceived me into thinking I had something to protect Good and bad I define these terms Quite clear, no doubt, somehow Ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that now